0: Welcome to the Coaching and Positive Psychology Podcast. In these summer episodes, you will be hearing the best of Valerie Burton's interviews with special guests. Each episode is packed with practical insights to help you coach yourself and others toward achieving your goals. Want to leverage your career success and help others in their own personal growth? Or maybe you want to work to be meaningful without sacrificing your relationships and well being? Coaching may be the dream career you've been looking for. Download your free guide, The Path to Becoming a Successful Coach to see if coaching is right for you and the next steps you can take to become one. Download now at capinstitute.com. You can click the link in the show notes.
1: Anyone who's ever wanted to grow personally knows that there's often a fine line Between needing coaching and needing counseling or therapy. Now, for me as a coach, this is so, so important because coaches never need to be doing counseling. But that means we have to understand the distinctions in behavior and needs for people who might come to us as clients. But likewise, if you are looking to grow personally, to move through something, to make progress and move towards a vision, It's important for you to understand that as well. So I am excited to have a really special guest with me today. She's actually one of my dearest friends. She is also a certified personal and executive coach. She went through the entire program. Uh, for the CAP Institute. I think that was in 2012. She's also a licensed professional counselor with a master's degree in counseling and has been counseling for years. Um, She is an author. She is a speaker. She is a pastor's wife. She is a mom of three amazing girls. (laughs) Uh, Definitely a girl mom. And at this point, Sometimes I see her pictures and I'm like, wait, wait, where's where are the girls? Cause she kind of just blends in with them. They all look like sisters. So I want to
2: welcome to the podcast, Robin May. Hey, Robin. Hey, Val. I am so excited to be here with you. And I'm so excited about this conversation. This is gonna shift some things for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Why? What makes you so excited about it? Because I know you're in even a different position than I have ever been in, mm-hmm. in that you're a licensed professional counselor. That means that you've got a lot of things that you have to make sure line up before you can even talk about coaching because you're in a profession that's highly regulated. Absolutely. Coaching isn't regulated at all. And so this is, for me, it's really important because my desire is for people to be helped in the Uh best possible way by the best possible professional. And so oftentimes, especially when people are mentally healthy and functioning, that's coaching. But there are some areas and and some situations where a person simply they don't they don't need coaching. They actually need counseling. So whether you're the person who is needing the help or you're the person doing the helping, it's important to make those distinctions. What do you think is the distinction between when someone needs coaching
2: versus Mm -hmm. counseling? So part of the reason why I'm so excited about this because I love your heart towards integrity in this topic. You are very passionate about coaching, of course. We all know that. But also um, the integrity that comes with being a helping professional, whether Mm -hmm. as a coach or as a counselor. And so one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about it is because we're literally dealing with the um, mental health and the long-term impact if we get this wrong. And yeah. so it's, it's really important that we are sensitive to it. Now, Val, you may not know this. I'm going to give you a little tea <laughs> in the industry. You may not know this, but coaches are often... Um, they may not realize that counselors and, and licensed professional therapists sometimes feel some kind of way. Oh, about I know, I know, because yeah. they've told me. <laughs> yes. You know, it, it, it can get really sticky. And
1: well, let me being, stop you right there, because yes. there's a couple of reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Number one, because coaching hasn't been regulated. And when I yeah. started almost 20 years ago, I kept hearing, like, you want to go ahead and make sure that you're certified, that you're credentialed, because at some point, you know, this might be required, and then you'll be ahead of the curve. But also coaches make really great money. And so well, the yes. average, yeah, the <laughs> average hourly rate is going to be much higher than the average yes. hourly rate for a counselor. And a lot of times it's not even an hourly rate, <laughs> you know, it's it's exactly. packages. So there's that. And then not having to meet all those guidelines, I can yeah. see why
2: a, a licensed professional can can feel some kind of way, as you, you know. Say. That's the that's the thing the young people say. I feel some kind of way, <laughs> and you just hit it on the nail. And you think about a licensed professional counselor, myself included, who went to school and who who um, spent all the money to go to school, and then you can have someone become a coach, call themselves a coach, make make way more money without the debt included, and so it creates this tension. But I want to say that both are greatly needed. We need yes. coaches, and we need licensed professional counselors. The problem is when the line is crossed. Now, let me say this, Val. You know that licensed professional counselors, social workers, within their practice, they definitely use coaching skills. But on the other side, coaches have to be very careful that they don't use or try to become a counselor. That's a very thin line. So how do we know? One of the easy definitions that I've heard for many years, because I have been entrenched in this for a long time, one of the definitions I would hear often is, okay, counseling deals with the past and coaching deals with the future. Well, that's a very simplistic definition because coaches definitely need information from the past in order to coach effectively. And counselors are definitely trying to help their clients move forward. forward, So kind of how I've defined it is this is that counseling is focused on, yes, resolving issues from our past, but not just resolving issues from our past, those issues that are currently causing distress. So as a counselor, I am looking to see past trauma, and past dysfunction that is currently impacting your daily functioning, right? Mm -hmm. So that's counseling. Counseling is also dealing with a crisis that has occurred recently that is impacting your current ability to function. So what we want to look at is, is the client, you know, um, some therapists use the word patient, but is the client... Dealing with distressing symptoms that are impacting their ability to function. So, so when you I'm say in my function, room. I'm going to stop mm-hmm. you there because
1: that is, that is a term that we more, you would more use in a counseling setting, right? But we, mm-hmm. even when we train our coaches, is one of the first things we say is they need to be mentally healthy and functioning. So, mm-hmm. when you say functioning, how do you know
2: if a person is functioning? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that question because Valerie, this is, you You know, you know, your girl And sometimes I use a crazy example, but when I go to the doctor, Valerie, the doctor will tell me, Robin, you you're going to be surprised when I tell you this, but the doctor will say, Robin, you are, you're on the line of being obese, right? They'll tell me that I'm on right? the line of being obese. Yes. Because the standard of what a woman's size should be is um, identified as the norm. And I'm not hitting that norm. Mm. So when we look at mental health, there is a norm That's across the board, but that norm is relative, right? And so it's very important that we understand what is someone's base level of functioning. This is where the probing comes in. What is someone's base level of functioning? And once we determine that, we then need to see if they are functioning below their base level of functioning. Does that mean
1: that they can't get up every day? Does that
2: mean that they aren't able to forgive? Like on a practical level? Well, it means it can mean some of both of that. So. I would look to see, number one, how are they able to do their daily activities? Are they having a hard time, like you said, getting up in the morning? Are they having a hard time concentrating at work? Are they having a hard time engaging with the people that they care about? Are they having a hard time getting their thoughts in line? Or are they dealing with ruminating and distressing thoughts? This is what happens when you're asking the questions and you're probing, trying to see what is your base level of functioning and are you operating? below that. If they are operating below that, this is a way to look at it. If I have a, a broken ankle, I don't have the ability to run a marathon, right? And so we need to see if there's something going on that's going to impact my ability to yes. operate at my optimal best.
1: That is so good. So absolutely. And what I love about that clear way that you stated it is we all know if I've got a broken ankle, I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't need to be jogging. I don't need to be training for the race, let alone winning the race. And yet, if I have a broken ankle, does that mean I can't give a speech or a presentation at work? There you so go. So one of the things I have found over the years, I, because number one, counseling helped me in my life. So I'm very, I'm very pro counseling. There are things all of us could use counselors, but I truly believe all of us could also use a coach. Mm -hmm. And I've often observed licensed psychologists, therapists, et cetera, having their own clients work with a coach. I've had clients come to me. I'm working with my counselor. They think I could use coaching in this area. Absolutely. So they may be doing both at the same time. You know, the, the analogy I often use is that if the past is a wound Mm -hmm. and when we touch it, you flinch. That's counseling. Oh, well, Valerie, just know I'm going to be borrowing that. That's perfect. Yeah. But if the past is a scar, mm-hmm. I can touch it. You're not going to flinch because it's healed.
0: But yes, you can see absolutely. I've been
1: through something. You can see I've been through something. Same would be true if you broke your ankle, right? Yes. <laughs> if you've got the cast, if you still got some kind of open <laughs> yes. wound, but at some point it heals up. I still might see a scar from surgery or I might see something there that, that doesn't look perfect, but it's healed. I can run again. That's coaching. So I I absolutely love this. So when, as a counselor, when you look and you go, okay, this person is ready for coaching because you have to make that determination all the time, Robin, all the time, because you're Mm -hmm. licensed as a counselor and you're certified as a coach. Mm -hmm. What are some key things that you like to see that say, Mm -hmm. yeah, this, this person is definitely ready for coaching. I want to help them move from where they are to where they want to be. And I see that they're ready and they're functioning in a way that says, yeah, I think coaching is absolutely right for them. And I would be in complete integrity to move forward with coaching.
2: Well, there are three things I often ask, um, either by observation or or a direct question. Um, And when I'm trying to determine whether or not somebody needs coaching or counseling. And let me just say this. A lot of times, Valerie, the industry has gotten so morphed that people sometimes just don't know. And so because I am operating in both uh, lanes, people will come and do a discovery call with me. And they're thinking they are needing counseling. And I'll say, "Mm," or they're thinking they need coaching. So there are three things I ask. Number one, are you currently experiencing emotions that are directly connected to a trauma that you have experienced? Mm -hmm. Are you dealing with emotions that are directly? Now, trauma again is relative, but if you can identify, yes, this trauma that occurred recently or in the past is affecting me right now, then that leads me more toward counseling. The second question I ask, am I experiencing distressing symptoms that are impacting my ability to function? And we just identified what the ability to function looks like. Mm -hmm. The third question Mm -hmm. I ask that's always interesting to people is this, is there anybody who is close to you in your life that you care about and that cares about you that has said you may need some counseling? Mm. That's the third question I asked because let me tell you why I asked that because often we can't, Fully see ourselves. Now, you know the term Jahari window. Jahari window (laughs) breaks this down, but we can't fully see ourselves. And so sometimes the people in your life are saying, Girl, you you may need to go talk to somebody. And so if you have trusted people in your circle, if somebody is saying that to you, that's an indicator. So I start with those three questions. So if it's someone listening now, I want them to ask themselves, Are you being impacted by a life trauma? Now, hear that word impacted. Because most of us have experienced a trauma, whether we've identified it as so or not. And a trauma,
1: I'm hearing things like, and this is what I think of, I think, you know, a a very devastating breakup, Mm -hmm. um, a divorce, maybe it's a recent layoff and you just have all kinds of feelings about that. Mm -hmm. You're angry Mm -hmm. still. Um, yes. I'm thinking about things I'm thinking about levels of anxiety. Maybe some things have brought mm-hmm. anxiety and you just don't seem to be able to shake that anxiety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are the kinds of things that I think yes. about that's included in trauma that some people, when they hear the word trauma, they might they be thinking think
2: of. A certain or.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. A trauma is anything that has impacted you in a deep, deep way that you're still dealing with the result or the effect of that experience. Um, All of us, quite frankly, let me just say this, all of us, quite frankly, are dealing with the reality of a trauma, the pandemic. The pandemic has risen to the level of a trauma. So those are some of the questions. Now, again, distressing symptoms. That's when you start to think about, Valerie, what you just said. Um, We all have had moments of sadness, but that doesn't mean we're all diagnosed with major depressive disorder. We've all had moments where we feel anxious, but that doesn't mean we can be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. It is when those symptoms now, again, as a therapist, I am listening for symptoms that would equal, hear this, symptoms that would equal a diagnosis. Because just because you feel sad doesn't mean we can diagnose you with major depression. And so as a coach is a normal, normal person, emotion. <laughs> yes. yes. So anybody that is a coach, I would highly encourage you just to pull out, look it up on on the internet and look up the symptoms that are required for depression, the symptoms that are required for anxiety, the symptoms that are required for bipolar disorder. Look up the primary symptoms, keep it on your desk. And when you're talking to somebody, listen to see if they are identifying too many symptoms under that category that Mm -hmm. may lead you to know, oh, wait a minute, this person, that's an easy takeaway for a coach look up the symptoms, keep it handy and see if that person meets those symptoms.
1: Yeah. And you know what, Rob? this is so good. I so appreciate you sharing just because this is the world you're, you live in, but you know, it's, yes. it's really important when we're training coaches at the CAP Institute, you know, part of our curriculum, we list yes. the Mayo clinics, list of depressive symptoms yes. to look for because coaches need to be equipped to do that. But we also must be equipped to use direct communication when we yes. said someone needs counseling that yes. we can just say, like you said, has a, you said, has a friend said you need counseling. I mean, I will just say, have you, have you considered counseling for that? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. there's no stigma to me about counseling. There shouldn't be any stigma. Like, yeah. yeah. There's no stigma. Have you gone to the doctor for that? Well, if you had yeah. a headache for 10 days in a row, I think we'd all agree. <laughs> you should have <laughs> gone to the doctor seven days ago. Exactly. right? So making sure that we are comfortable talking about mental health and mental illness. Absolutely. That this is a part of life that sometimes we need that additional help to get over, as you say, the traumas, the places where we may may be stuck in the past, because the ultimate vision is that we're able to heal from those things and Mm -hmm. we're able to take hold of the vision that yeah. we're moving towards or that we want to move towards. Yeah, um, absolutely. And and as coaches, wanting the best for anyone you serve or that you might serve means mm-hmm. that you're doing things in their best interest, not, oh, absolutely. they've got money and I could serve them. Right? Absolutely. Because you would be underserving or even doing something to their detriment if you are counseling or attempting to counsel when you're not trained
2: or, 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 or Valerie attempting know. to counsel or, but what I've seen is minimizing symptoms mm-hmm. and chalking it up to just get over it. That's when it becomes dangerous when it's minim- minimizing those symptoms and saying, oh, just have a mindset shift. Well, if it's a mental illness, it's not just a mindset shift that's needed. And so that's kind of where it becomes Ooh. dangerous. You just said a whole mouthful there.
1: If it's a mental illness, it's not just a mindset shift. And exactly. being sensitive to that is absolutely critical. I have I have on occasion said, I want you to go talk to your therapist again. Mm-hmm. I want therapists therapist to approve that absolutely. coaching is the right thing and what you what what areas for you to be coaching in. Mm-hmm. Um as I said, you can you can need counseling in one area and coaching is very appropriate in another. And To me, the exciting thing is, like I said, I think everyone can use a coach when they're at that point where they are functioning. Absolutely. It works. So that's the last thing I want to touch on, which is yes, counseling works and counseling is appropriate and needed. And we need to make sure that, you know, as I said, coaches aren't doing the counseling, even though sometimes counselors are using um, coaching techniques. But why, as a licensed therapist, you decided, hey, I, I want to go through coach training. I want to be certified as a coach. And you've been serving coaching clients for years now. Oh my gosh. Yes. What is the value of coaching and why? I mean, coaching is growing. It's, it's a multi, multi-billion dollar industry. And I always say to myself, it's for a reason. Coaching has changed my life. Yes, I, I would not be where I am. I would not have gotten over the, the traumas in my life to be able to have enough courage to create a vision and then walk into it. Sometimes I just, mm-hmm. I just pinch myself. Coaching for me has been transformative. And for so many people, why do you think coaching is so important and so valuable?
2: Well, first of all, Valerie, this is a perfect um, shift because um, one of the things about coaching is the expectation that a coach has of you to rise to your optimal best. Mm. Coaching comes with an expectation from that coach Mm -hmm. that their client can rise to their ultimate or optimal best. You know, uh, Valerie, I have the pleasure of having learned from you but also being your sister friend and one of the things folks may not know when you turn on that coaching hat you ain't playing no games okay (laughs) you don't play any games And just in a casual conversation with you i leave knowing girl you need to step up your game you are the bomb robin stop living beneath who you are and so when you are with the right coach who comes to you already with an expectation of you being able to rise, you begin to rise, right? And so what coaching has done for me and what I hope I've done for plenty of my clients is to help them tap into that, help them tap into that, uh, that potential that has been laying dormant. And that's the reason why it's very important that you know the line, because if someone is not well, or somebody is unhealthy in that stage, and they don't have anybody supporting them as a therapist, that can be triggering because Mm -hmm. they need to get that healing first. But once you're in that place and you get the right coach, the coach is going to pull out of you what you may not have even realized was there. So to answer your very specific question, why did I decide to coach? Because Valerie counseling comes, unfortunately, in some ways from a medical standpoint of dysfunction. And I found that I was talking to people who didn't even have a diagnosis. I couldn't even officially diagnose them with anything because it wasn't a dysfunction, it was a roadblock. Mm. And so I started to recognize, wait a minute, some of the skills that I'm using could actually be pulling them backwards because I'm coming from a mindset of let me help you heal this place, instead of from a mindset of wait a minute, I just need to point out these roadblocks and show you what you already have in you to <laughs> right. overcome
1: them. So you can make a do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. Robin, I could just keep talking to you. You know, we're both so passionate about yes. personal growth, about authentic yes. success, about people. Understanding their purpose and pushing through coaching helps you push through. And just yes. because you're pushing through doesn't mean you need counseling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just, that's. I mean, if if you didn't need to push through, everybody would be where they want to be, right? Exactly. So I love hearing your perspective. I I so value you, the the passion you've put in, the time, the effort, the work you've put in to better understanding human behavior. And helping people get unstuck. I'm so proud that you're one of our graduates.
2: (laughs) Thank you. I brag about you all the time. It was my honor. I learned
1: so much. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining us, for just having this conversation and shedding some light on what, number one, what coaches need to be thinking about Mm -hmm. as they are engaging with clients and potential clients, but also what all of us need to be thinking about as we are working through the challenges that we face and being able to make a distinction between the challenges that really require some professional counseling or therapy Mm -hmm. and the challenges that really just require us to see what those obstacles are and be able to step around them. Ah,
2: All right, Where where can we find you? Where can we find you on social media? Where can we find you online? Everything is Robin May online. May is like the month. So Instagram is Robin May online. And my website is RobinMayonline.com. Awesome. Thanks so much, Robin. I love being with you. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode. Starting your dream career as a coach doesn't mean you have to start over. That's why we created a three-day online coach training intensive or CTI to give you the practical tools and knowledge you need to begin coaching immediately. Plus, it's the first step in becoming a certified personal and executive coach. Register now for our next upcoming CTI event at capinstitute.com. That's C-A-P-P institute.com. Thanks for listening.